You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the World Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Let's 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 talk about Auburn, Mississippi State. Our head-to-head against them. 2:30 at the time, SEC Network. It's Saturday. Auburn is favored. It's been a while since Auburn's been favored. Over and under is 43 and a half. Football Power Index gives us a 62% chance of winning. Head-to-head, Auburn is leading this series last year. But, you know, Mississippi State's not a bad program. You know, they're they're neck and neck with Auburn pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, because like, cause the last 10 times we met, it's been 5-5. Five and five. So they're pretty – I mean, they're close mm. now. Because they got five of the last 10. They're close, right? Because, you know, when you do math, the 62 <laughs> minus 30, that's close. Mm. It's Ike, close. Ike is on his page. Yeah, he right is. Right I'm just saying it's close. <laughs> we're, we're, we're like, I mean, we're neck and neck. If one of those necks is a mole and the other's a giraffe, like we're really close. Mm-mm. <laughs> mm. hey, listen, too, too much cowbell affects the brain. That's what we learned this week. Mm. Mm. Gotcha. You freeze. Has one loss to Mississippi State as the Ole Miss head coach. 2016 technically doesn't count because he got fired before they played the game. Did he lose a Dak that year? Uh, possibly. Let me see here. Was it Dak? No. Or was it Fitch? Somebody named. I don't know. It might have been Dak. Uh, was it Dak? Was it the Dak Pack? Um, yeah, but he, yeah, he had one, he had one loss. He definitely had one loss. Uh, and it was 2013. So, um, Nick Fitzgerald. Okay. Yeah, Nick Fitzgerald. 55 to 20. They got whooped. Fitzgerald put some things on us too. He, he was eight for 17 passing for 109 yards. Hey, we could we could repeat that. Eight for 17 passing. And then somehow Nick Fitzgerald ran 14 <laughs> times. 258 yards. Hey, listen, that, he, that, that was, was Nick Fitzgerald. Wow, bro. He ran too good to run. We can do that. We could do that. Yeah, we can. Yeah, Robbie Asher grew up with 250. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's uh let's take a look, shall we? Do we want to look at the stats now? Or do we just kind of want general ideas sure. and thoughts? Or how you want to do this, gentlemen? Let's go to the stats. Let's go to the all right, all right, all right, all right. More. Let's let's pull up and look at Auburn's offense. And as you can see, those numbers have been dwindling Terrible. week by week. We're averaging yeah, every week this number does go down. Like let's be clear. Yeah, man. <laughs> I feel like that yeah, offensive man. total number should have gone down some. Uh it would have actually probably ticked up a little bit from last week because we scored twenty one. The, the total yeah, offense number? Was uh, it? Oh yeah, I don't know. It probably did go down. I don't know how. Far I thought three thirty-seven last week. We, I don't know what it was. Let's see. We can. We'll see if I have a typo. Continue. Yeah, I kind of swore. And but I know what you're talking because I looked at this number and I saw that it was three thirty-seven. I thought it was three thirty-seven last week. They definitely got less than three hundred yards of total offense against Ole Miss. Like what was it, two seventy-five or two ninety-three or something like that? I I think is I find it concerning that we're not a tempo team this year. Yeah, nope, it's three three thirty seven is what it says mm, on the, okay. the thing that they gave right. us. Yeah, we're still averaging twenty nine minutes under thirty I think minutes. It, went, it was like three thirty seven point something last week, and now it's three thirty seven. Okay, so it did, it didn't move it didn't move the needle very much. Um, whatever they got, uh, but uh, essentially they only had, um, they only had two hundred and seventy five yards of total offense. That's why I thought it would have gone down a little bit more than that. But okay, like like seven or eight yards average, I thought it would go down. Okay. What what gives? Uh, again, we do we stay? Let me let me just give you some stats, gentlemen. In addition to what we're seeing, 
Mississippi in Power 5 competition this year is giving up an average of 251 yards through the air. 350 to Arizona, 288 to South Carolina, 164 to Bama, 367, which is a lot of where that came from, from LSU, 96 yards by Arkansas. On the ground against Power 5 competition, they're giving up an average of 138 yards a game. Their biggest yards that they've given up this season was against Alabama, where Bama rushed for 193 yards against them and three scores. So the question is, gentlemen, Auburn has a chance to look more like Bama, who at the time was having some question marks at quarterback, but didn't throw a lot, but they rushed for a good bit. 193. I think they hit the 350 mark against Mississippi State. Mm. Or you can look like Arkansas, who also has question marks with its offense, QB, where you only threw for 97 yards and a rush for 103. Who do we look more like this weekend? Now, obviously, we're feeling good. Mike G's feeling good. Ike's feeling good. How do we do that exactly this weekend? And what some people are asking... Now, put this in. People are asking, who's going to be the starting QB? Who's going to be the QB who makes it go this weekend? You guys talked about it in Hugh Freeze's presser that he alluded to the fact that Robbie could see more time in this offense. Mm. Hugh Freeze saw more last week, right? Like, he, this was the most snaps that he's had in any significant duty um, all season. Um, I don't. I honestly think that it's trending in the direction of Robbie Ashford getting more time than less. Um, he technically started the last game, right? He got the first offensive series in the last the whole game. series. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't just mm-hmm. like he went in for a couple of plays and then came back out there. He got the entire first series of that game. Um, so I think there's a possibility that it continues to trend in that direction. What makes me feel even more like that is not my relationship with Robbie Ashford because just because I know him doesn't make me predict this. What makes me feel like that is the way Peyton Thorne does not seem to be very happy right now. His discontent makes me feel as if he knows that his playtime is dwindling and he sees the trending direction in which it's going and I think that that points to Robbie Asher playing more. Hmm. Mike, what say you? I agree with I think that um, this is trending toward more playing time for Robbie Ashford. Um, they started out with like packages for him here and there. They would take him out, um, but then they let them both finish drives. It almost looked like a either or thing there for a while, like a well, every other drive thing for the quarterbacks, but ultimately he gets he keeps getting questioned about this guy's week after week, right? <laughs> like why with the QB switching, right? It it's not working. So why keep doing it? Um, and you're not judging Robbie Ashford and Peyton Thorne on the same level, for lack of a better term, right? Like one you brought in he's got two years of power five starting experience and you absolutely brought him in to hit the ground running because that's what experienced quarterbacks are supposed to do right um you know and, and i'm not saying that Peyton thorn is tom brady but like you know when brady went from the patriots to the bucks right you think they were sitting around talking about acclimating him to stuff no, man, you came in experienced. They expected him to immediately elevate that offense. That's that's why you bring a guy like that in. I think we all thought he would immediately elevate this offense. 100% thought we, we can go back to the film and, and we can hear ourselves. Yeah, speak. right. Like, re- regardless of play calling, we felt like he would make throws that haven't been made here in a while consistently, at least when they were there. Not only is he not making those throws, at times he's not even seeing them. So if, and I'm not saying he, that Robbie Ashford will see them. Yeah. 
as it's completely separate. Yeah, completely separate conversation. But um, we know one is a much better athlete. And so if those things are equal, come up with a game plan that accentuates what this kid can do and 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 use him right and get the play calls right. You know what was interesting was in the last presser, Hugh Free said that neither quarterback is running the entire offense. He did say that. So, but he, what he didn't say whether that was for lack of understanding of concepts or whether they're just not calling it. I think it might be a mix of both because we consistently heard that they've gone into the week with one game plan, changed it midweek, and then abandoned like 60% of it on game day. Yeah. So they're practicing stuff yeah, that I they're mean, not even running. Peyton Thorne confirmed that in the the interview he had this week with the media talking about, you know, we're, we've practiced a bunch of stuff and we finally got around to it at the end of the mm-hmm. game last week where, you know, we installed this stuff. Correct. So he's confirming that, hey, what we're practicing, we're not actually running, running consistently in games. Uh, Robbie said that when he's going in there, he is going trying to study the entirety of the offense plus his package, right? So he knows he has a sub package mm-hmm. that exists outside of the normal playbook. But he's like, I'm preparing like the number two guy just in case I need to step in and run off. Right, because in a game time, like in a game winning drive scenario, you can't just run a package. You have to run whatever you need to run to win the game. (laughs) Yeah, right. You can't go into, you know, uh, uh, fourth down and 10, fourth and goal. No time left on the clock. You can't be like, well, these are the only three pass plays plays we call for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, if, and, and, yeah. and that that's why we've seen Peyton Thorne more at the end of games when we need to throw is because the portion of Robbie's package that he's being allowed to run doesn't include any of that stuff. Not, and that's not to say it, th- there's two different portions of this. I think a portion of it is the confidence in this coaching staff and his ability to execute that stuff better than Peyton Thorne, not to execute it at a fundamental level, but better than Peyton Thorne can. And then a portion of that is whether or not they feel comfortable going to that stuff earlier in the game with him, which it's, it's, it's apparent that they don't feel comfortable with him throwing the ball consistently. And listen, I don't think that it's a, it's a reach to say that that Peyton Thorne is a better thrower than Robbie Ashford is. Like, I think that that's clear. I don't know if he's a better football player. Right. Right. Agreed. So when you look at these numbers, I want to add some nuance to this, right? Although Auburn is averaging 330 yards of offense per game, if you extrapolate the Power 5 numbers, they are only averaging 261 yards against Power 5 teams. Whoa. Huh. that's Guys, that's bad. Huh. Con- consistently, there are about 30 quarterbacks at the FBS level that will throw for more total yards than Auburn is averaging versus Power 5 competition. So um, this will be a question of whether or not they can break that trend. If they can get anywhere close to the actual average, these numbers are being inflated by, you know, two games against two really bad teams and UMass and Sanford. Right? And those weren't exactly groundbreaking numbers, but, I mean, you were able to easily get into the 400s in terms of total offense. Right, so without those games, uh, uh, I mean, it, this they have been historically bad. There's no, no other way to put it, right? So you've got to break. Something's got to give here, right? And I think that the, the total offense number is not indicative of how much I think Auburn can score in this game because I believe this defense will turn them over on their side of the gets, they'll get some short fields from the Auburn defense to work with, score some touchdowns, a big play here or there. And that's how they get the 31 because, you know, there were admittedly guys, a lot of people who were miffed at my prediction. They were like, you think Auburn's going to get the 31 in this one? And I'm like, yeah, I have been I have been on the short side up until this game. So I understand now everybody's coming over and understanding and, you know, what I've been trying to say about this, the way this offense is trending. However, again, points per game is a different metric, right? You could have points added by the defense. I'm not saying exactly how they're they're going to get there because nobody can sit here and predict a pick six or a block punt for real. I can say I think special teams and defense will contribute in some kind of way. Right. 
And I think that they have a chance to do that, not necessarily by scoring, but by giving the offense a short field to work with. And, um, you know, maybe a few more, a couple more field goals by McPherson in this one. Um, they'll get there. Guys, they will get there in this game. I promise you this game is winnable. It's at home. Um, and and I am begging fans to show up the way they did for Ole Miss because they can absolutely make a difference against, um, you know, and we'll talk about it in a second, this 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 Mississippi State offense. If all things are equal versus Ole Miss, I, I think, you know, in terms of environment, uh, it won't be a night game. But I do think that they can – find some enough success here to win an ugly one um, by two scores. Let me ask you this. Teams that have been able to throw the ball, as I've outlined, have been able to do so against Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. What does Auburn do through the air in this game? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, that depends. What, are they willing to call enough passes for it to make a difference? Uh, so three out of the last four well I, well I say three three out of the last four SEC games they have thrown they've run the ball twice as much as they've thrown it right so I mean you know 20 something passes to like 40 something runs they had one game where it was just under but it was still significantly more runs than passes the opportunities really just haven't been there the volume hasn't been there. Part of the reason Peyton Thorne was able to put up numbers at Michigan State was because they were giving them 30-plus throws a game to get there. Even in the five and seven year, he was averaging 30 pass attempts a game. These quarterbacks are barely getting to 20, and it's all disjointed, right? There was a, a, a tweet by a beat writer about how, you know Peyton Thorne finishing nine for 13, right? What he left out of his tweet was like, Nine of those 13 pass attempts came on the last two drives and five of them on the very last touchdown drive where, where Ole Miss clearly went into a prevent defense. It was pretty clear they thought Auburn couldn't come back. It was just like keep everything in front of you and just make them chew up enough clock so that there's no time. And that's exactly what it accomplished. They scored, but let's be realistic. They were going to have to recover an onside kick and like do some really low probability things to win that game. So the way they called the pass, the, my point is the way they called the passing game in the first half, there was not a ton of volume. They they didn't pass. We, we only had something like six maybe. passes through. Yeah, like dude. Two and a half. Yeah, games. I think maybe it was five, Ike. Because it was about nine passes on those two drives that I referenced. Well, I'm just talking about Auburn in general only had like six passes. I'm including Robbie in that number of like what we had thrown before that, not just the Peyton Thorne. Correct, throws. correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Auburn yeah, for sure. Like six throws. Yeah, it, it was not a lot. So, you know, I, I'm not – until I see them, I'm not confident. We haven't heard anything about a pivot in terms of their approach to the offense. They, to me, have consistently shown that they don't trust either one of these quarterbacks to throw the ball in volume. Right. I don't, uh, again, I don't know how I could predict that they're going to suddenly turn them loose and this one. Yeah, right. I just don't know. Well, I mean, they seemed unwilling. It's, it's, if they're really running RPO, then it's not really about calling passes. It's about the quarterback taking the opportunity to make right. passes when they're there. So if, if teams are truly committed to stopping the run this game with Mississippi State saying, hey, you guys aren't going to run the ball, there should be plenty of opportunities to throw the football I agree. in this game. But quarterback has to make the decision, I'm going to take that throw that's available to me. Correct. So it'll be interesting to see. Now, uh, Ike raises a good point about this metric, and I'm pulling it up here. But, like, you know, uh, uh, pass attempts and actual dropbacks are two different metrics. So there could be some dropbacks where it was intended to be a pass, but the ball never left the quarterback's hands. Right. Um, where he took off running or he took a sack. Right, right. And and, and some of that is, is hard to measure, right? But uh, against, um, let's see here, against Ole Miss uh, in particular, uh, if I'm looking at Peyton Thorne, he had a total of 22 dropbacks against 13 attempts. So there was a difference of nine dropbacks where there was an intent to pass, but a pass wasn't made. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
and that could be about anything, right? You know, they, again, we know he got sacked a couple times. Uh, you know, receivers aren't open, whatever. He takes off running. But there were nine nine dropbacks where there was an intent to pass, but no pass was made. Um, so they're at least trying to some extent. I'm just not sure that's enough. Now, if you go to Robbie Ashford, right, he was three for four on the day, um, uh, uh, four pass attempts against six dropbacks. So he only had two dropbacks where there was an intent to pass and no pass was made. So between the two, right, you had 11 dropbacks. They tried to pass and they didn't. Um, and, and I just think you've got to attempt it more. They just they don't attempt it enough for teams to take it seriously. You know, a lot of people were just like, why don't we go up tempo more like we saw on that scoring drive? It seemed to work. And I'm like, you have to account for the fact that Ole Miss was playing Auburn very differently on that drive because time was running out. Seven minutes left yeah. in the game, two scores, you haven't scored. They're just like, prevent. Don't give up the big play, right? Don't give up the quick score so that they have a ton of time for the next drive that could potentially tie the game. That was clearly their strategy. And I and that's what they put on tape all year. So I, I don't know how capable Mississippi State's defense is going to be of stopping Auburn from doing what they want to do. But uh, I expect this coaching staff to stick with the run-pass ratio that we've seen so far. So in I mean, listen, it's yeah, working. Right, so. yeah. I mean, it won't working, quote-unquote, working. As far as the run game is working. So, like, you shouldn't abandon If they can't it, stop it, but, run it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but listen, um, this and listen, this Mississippi State defense, though statistically has not been great for four quarters for any game, they can be a defense that can come in and shut teams down. They, they made the Arkansas, Arkansas look pathetic. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, I don't want a repeat of what Arkansas just went through, where you come in and you're already a limping offense and Mississippi State just introduces a buzzsaw to you um, defensively. But I think that we have better athletes all around, and I think that we've been better than Arkansas has been for the majority of the year. There's something I pointed out in the film review about creating yards before contact in the run game. Mm -hmm. Right. So Arkansas is going to have to, I think, add some guys to the picture and really like it's going to have to be six, seven men committed to trying to stop the run in order for them to be effective and run defense against us. Uh, but if they do that, the quarterback has to be willing to throw the quick stuff, the quick game that's going to be available with that. Yeah, they have to be willing. to. Do Agreed. That. So we'll see. But yeah, I, no, Caesar. I don't expect a change in the passing game until I've seen it. I'm not saying it won't happen, but like I, I wouldn't anticipate it. They don't trust them to throw. I mean, listen, we we've what cracked 100 now. Did we go over 100 in this last game? Yes. Okay, so two games in a row we've gone over 100 passing yards. It's barely that I even have to barely. do that. Mm -hmm. But um, I think we definitely get to three games in a row where that happens. The question is, how much over 100 do we get? Um, that's all going to be dependent on how well Mississippi State's actually stopping the run. I think maybe that, 150 that's, is a good number, though. That's my question. So if, if we're not feeling, we're not feeling uh, bullish in the passing game, what does Auburn need to do on the ground? See what our rush yards per game is. Now I already mentioned what Mississippi State is giving up in Power Five competition: 138 yards. What does Auburn need to do comfortably to position them to be able to win this game? I mean, I think if you get to 300-something yards total in this game, I think you're in a good place because I'm putting faith in the defense Correct. to be able yes. to stifle Mississippi State more so than I think that we need some explosion of offense. This isn't like we're playing Ole Miss and LSU in this game, right? Like we're not playing this high-powered offense or even an offense that's going to move quickly. So I think that you can be more methodical in this game and not have to go tempo, and it doesn't play against the strategy of the other team. This may be a very ugly Texas A&M of last year kind of game where it's ugly on both sides, but you grit out a win. Or it could be they're missing tackles left and right, and we absolutely run through them the entire game. Like that's, Those are really the only two ways I see this going. It's either going to be ugly, close Auburn, or it's going to be beat down. Auburn runs them off Facts. the field. I just don't see Mississippi State winning this game 
Um, and I know that's me putting on the, the orange and blue glasses. It's not. That's no, it's I'm not. Saying. It's not, though. Right. I mean, I mean, someone who's not an Auburn fan will absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's not, though. This isn't this. This is a hyperbole. This is not this is not sunshine pumping. This is just a really bad team. And we know Auburn's defense has played well this season. I don't expect that to change against this team and getting stronger. Yeah, I don't expect it to change against this team. So I know we got to look at the other side of this. We're kind of getting into that discussion. All right, let's go ahead and flip and talk about the defense and what it's going to do. Mississippi State brings in a new quarterback. Mike Wright. Mike Wright. Former Vandy guy. 8 of 12 attempts, total 85 yards passing. He did rush 11 times for 60 yards total, averaging 5.5 yards per carry. Threw for a touchdown and threw for an interception. Literally first play of the game. Yeah. First play of the game, he threw a pick. So, again, these numbers, you know, take into account what they look like, especially with the new quarterback. Uh, Will Rogers was kind of doing a lot of the heavy lifting in the passing game. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how this team looked. Mike G, you made, it a, you made a statement recently that this game will more so mirror the Cal game in terms of when they trotted out an athletic quarterback and how we had to defend that. Mm-hmm. You expect more of the same in this game, I'm assuming. Yeah, look, um, this is going to be about containing, keeping him in the pocket, right? Yep. Uh, you got to keep this this guy in the pocket, force him to make plays from the pocket. You'll be all right for this, right? Protect the edges of the field, um, and you can stop this offense. You know, my understanding is it will be him and not Will Rogers. I know a lot of people have questions about which quarterback is going to start. I'm expecting Mike Wright. Haven't heard of heard otherwise from my sources. I'm I'm they're stoppable, right? Like, and I, I'm not sure. Has anybody heard whether or not Jaquavius Marks is going to be a I in this game because he got hurt in the last game and he's their leading rusher? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but 351 yards a game again, inflated by some cupcakes. When you extrapolate the, the power five numbers, they're not great. Um, you know, uh, do we have points per game on here? Yeah, 26.9 points per game. Uh, look, man. I expect the averages to win here for Auburn's defense. I do. Still got, to me, the best secondary in the conference. Let let me say this. If they get their average in rushing yards and passing yards in this game, they're not going to score. They're not. Yeah, yeah. They're definitely not. It's not that, like, that's going to be all-time busts of, like, unless they get. Unless turnovers, Ike, by Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. Unless turnovers. Yeah. But I'm just saying, though, if. I can't see them rushing for less than 150 and barely getting to 200 and scoring 27 on this defense. Like, I just, I can't see that happening with the way that we have been performing defensively and bend but don't break type of stuff. I can't see them scoring 27 with only 350 total yards. Right. Agreed. Yeah, no way. Dude, the time of possession here thing, I think, again, Auburn, can Auburn chew up the clock, um, you know, uh, and keep this defense off the field. Uh, now, Jarquez Hunter looks like the Jarquez of old in the last game. Like, he came back, right? Little mojo mm-hmm. back in the last game. I'll that will that. help this defense significantly. So, um, well, the way I'm looking at this, uh, I expect Auburn's defense to hit all their averages in this one um, at, at the very least, if not hold them below these totals. Now, one thing I will point mm-hmm. out Please continue kicking the ball into the end zone because they do have one of the more dangerous return men in the country back there. Yeah. Don't kick it to that young man. Stay away from him. Because I, I, what I don't want is some random – because they, they did it to us last year, some random uh, kickoff for a touchdown. Like, well, no, you know, sir. We yeah. couldn't kick that ball into the end zone last year to save a lives. Stay away from him, man. Don't kick the ball to him, bro. Like, I'm not trying to see that. Yeah, agreed. For sure. For sure, for sure. Uh, so, in this game, pretty much, Auburn just needs to stop the run. Auburn's going to be committed to stopping the run, even when Michael Wright threw the ball. And again, I'm not sure how much of the playbook is being expanded to him, but I saw a lot of short throws. Um, and his longest pass was, I think, a 30-yard, which he threw in double coverage. You know what I mean? Mm. So, from a turnover standpoint, 
You said already, Ike, his first pass from the line of scrimmage was an interception. Yeah. How opportunistic we know our defense, our secondary can be very opportunistic. Do we foresee turnovers in this game for Auburn? I expect a, at least one turnover, but I think we're going to get two in this game. Yeah. yeah. I think we get two as well. Mike, what say you? Um, I'm thinking two to three turnovers in this one. And that's that, in your opinion, is what helped helps all correct get to 30 right yeah a couple of short fields you know sack fumbles something they'll get after them in this game um you know some an interception here or there I, did they have an interception last week they did right i think yeah, they got an interception every single game this year off. right uh did I not they got... pick off lsu yeah are you sure oh no oh, we did pick off LSU. we got the tip uh-huh. pass that went to DJ James in the LSU game. Let me rewind. Georgia, we got an interception. Yep, got an interception there. Texas A&M, that was not an interception. That was a fumble recovery. Uh, we did not pick off Texas A&M. Yeah, yeah, but listen, man, these guys are playing good, man. I expect them to continue to create havoc. I actually, I think that Ron Roberts has done a great job so far this year with the defensive schemes. Yeah. I, I didn't like what he did versus LSU, but the, rema- the other games uh, during the season, I think that he's done what has – and listen, man, Keontae Scott and Austin oh, yeah, Keys, good point. The, the two keys being back in the defense point. changes this defense. They're able to be more aggressive because you can rotate your linebackers a little bit more, right? You don't, you, you, your, your linebacker rotation gets a little bit more strong because you can always have one. And this is going to sound like disrespect to those two gentlemen. And I apologize, but I'm going to say it as it is. Cam Riley and Wesley Steiner being on the field at the same time is not a good proposition for Auburn. You don't have to have that scenario when you have Austin Keys back into your rotation. You can always have one of those other guys, whether it's Eugene Asante, Larry Nixon, or Austin Keys on the field to be able to make up for what you're losing with having that other gentleman on the field because they just they, they haven't played well consistently. Um, and... Keontae Scott just changes what you're able to do with your rotations of how you're doing safety, even though he's yeah. playing a lot of snaps um, where he can line up on the field differs. And now you've, if especially in situations where you can put him and Donovan Kaufman on the field at the same time, he frees up Kaufman to really be a Rover now and just play all over. So it's, I, I like it, that. It's yeah. a different defense yeah. with both of those guys in there. Keontae came in. It was, was, Causing problems, yeah. Uh, I like it. I like that. That's a really good point about the, the return of those guys. Um, I think that it, it does something for this. Um, they still weren't. They didn't put Keontae on on punt return. I don't think they're no, trying to protect him from that. that. Yeah, but but man, I, I I like it, dude. I I like that. I like what they're doing, and I think that the defense again holds this offense under all their averages in this game. Uh, now this game, this was this was an overtime game at Mississippi State last year, and Caddy's first game as interim head coach. Um, so these guys will be looking for a little payback this year, um, I think. And this is the year to get it. This has been a different. This is a different Mississippi State team. You know, rest in peace, Mike Mike Leach. But obviously, without his, you know, impression on what they do, they've suffered offensively. The fact that Will Rogers doesn't lead the conference in pass attempts is crazy to me. I mean, considering what he had been doing previous to now, which again, I understand it's a very different offense. Do we even know what offense that Mississippi State's going to be trotting out here um, this week? I mean, we saw a little bit of it. Uh, Here's uh, the reason why I asked that is because Mississippi State um, philosophically. I think is a different offense than they were with the other quarterback because mm-hmm. you have a more running Thanks. threat. But with an additional week for them to get ready for this game, do they try out anything that we haven't seen before? Here's what I think is going to happen, and this is what Auburn needs to be on alert for. And I think this is the thing that Mike Wright actually does the absolute best is the screen. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to screen us to death in this game, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he yeah. on alert it, for it, a bunch of screens. I mean, he was eight of twelve. A lot of short passes. So yes, obviously, I look for for screens to be a part of their passing. Yeah, team. I agree. I don't, which which I don't all think... the more highlights the need for guys like in that linebacker core and a guy like Keontae Scott to be on their p's and q's because that's who you really need to kind yes. of clean. If your defensive linemen are going to go out there and be aggressive and try to corral Mike White, you need to have that second level of linebacker and that star 
to be there to make sure that those screens aren't affected. Agreed. 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 All right, gentlemen. Uh, good talk on this. Any other any other thoughts on what the defense has to do? Obviously, we're, we're looking to stop the run, put them in passing situations where we can pin our ears back and get to them. Turnovers. We expect to see turnovers in this game. Anything else, guys? Sacks. What about pressures? Yeah, like let's say contain, contain, keep them in the pocket. Gotta be, yeah. gotta pressure this guy a little bit different. They gotta be a little bit more disciplined when you're when you're yeah, rushing. And I I think that you can blitz him. I just think that you have to make sure you're maintaining your rush lanes. But what I what I expect to see from this Ron Roberts defense this week is a lot more zone blitzing where they're going to give a pressure look, but then they're gonna drop out of it just to change the post snap picture for him. Um so you may see five guys line up, you know, as if they're going to come and then two of those guys drop back both the Jack and the star. And then they bring a corner yeah. blitz, right? Like I expect them to be very different. And what we saw earlier in the season from this defense, where it's like, you don't know where the guy's coming from. It could be, you know, you have the Jack and the star lined up in the five man front, but we're actually going to bring the linebacker on a delay. Like they're going to do that kind of stuff to Mike, Wright, So that he's not seeing the same picture post snap. And he's more likely to throw a, a pass into an area where we're, we're expecting him to throw that. Um, that's what I'm expecting to see this week from the defense now that we have more of our full strength of what this defense should look like on a consistent yep. basis. Agreed. I'm going to grab some comments here. Mm. Let's get to them. Corey Dub says, I think everything works this week. He agrees with you, Mike, that Auburn breaks the 30 barrier. In fact, he's going to spot you, give you a uh, touchdown. touchdown 38-10. AU, that would be a good weekend for the good guys. Yeah. Cameron Carr says, is this the week we go up-tempo? Maybe. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> right? Did they? Are they going to practice Even it on Monday and then not do the up-tempo podcast? <laughs> 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 up-tempo says, yes. Um, no, look, man. Yeah. Who knows? They may practice it, but there's no guarantee they're going to do it on Saturday if the trend is, right. you know, continued. So we'll see. Don Cullen says, okay, Mike, is the AU defense going to shut down Mississippi Hell State? no. I told y'all. <laughs> no shit <laughs> up. Zero. Mm-mm. Not, calling, not calling it. I don't want to jinx them. Yeah. It. But if they do get one, <laughs> I'm still taking credit. <laughs> that's exactly how it yeah. works. fortunate degree says we have a 38 percent success rate when we throw the ball 98th in the nation compared to 51.1 percent when we run the ball 17th in the nation so i don't necessarily blame the coaches on that oh yeah i mean but it, some of that 38 is on them right again when, when you have a disjointed pass game where you call, call low percentage passes and obvious passing downs that percentage is going to be lower right so yeah, I mean, the, the, the coaches definitely can take a portion mm -hmm. of blame on this because there are, I think, not I think, I know more opportunities for us to just throw the ball and we just haven't done it. And we've we've waited until, like you said, obvious scenarios and we've waited until end of game scenarios to really unleash any of the passing offense. And as Mike G has noted, and I've noted a few times, it's hard for anybody to just activate as a pass team at the end of a game when you haven't done it at right. all during the first three quarters. And now all of a sudden, all right, now we just got to go out here and throw the ball a bunch. I don't professional team. Like there's just, there's not teams that are able to do that um, and just not throw the ball for the vast majority of the game. And then just say, all right, cool. End of the game. Let's get in out here and sling it. That's just, that's not how that works. Yeah. Um, so you've got to figure out a way to be more intentional with getting reps out there and passing the ball and allowing your quarterback I, which is why I, I loved what we did in the Samford game. We went out there and we said, we're going to throw the ball. They're going to give us some quick three, five-yard routes. Let's go out there and take them, get the quarterback into a rhythm, get the wide receivers catching the ball a little bit. We, we know we can get the run game whenever we want to. Let's go out here and establish that we can get this short passing game in order. I'm not saying you need to force it like that during the P5, but I do think that we're, if, if they're going to play it even, then cool, just throw the ball and let's let's get those three to five yards on first down, get into a better, more manageable second and third down scenario for your offense while getting some rhythm for your passing offense. I think that's completely attainable, um, and Auburn needs to look to do that more often. Great. Gary Weaver 
Appreciate the super chat. He says, just popped in to say War Eagle, War Rapport. Yeah, War Eagle, man. War Eagle Thanks back at joining. you. Thanks for the super chat. Thanks for watching this. Corey Dove, good to have you here, man. He says, does Keontae have another year of eligibility left? Was he? He does, he does. yeah. He wasn't on the sheet. Ike and I created a thing, yeah. He does have another year of eligibility. I mean, I, I don't know if he uses it or not, but he is available to him. Don Cohen says, Ike, didn't the film show AU, o, AU's O-line can be effective in opening up the run this game? It absolutely does show that. Uh, again, the statistics bear it out about how many yards before contact this offensive line is generating. Um, we have been tops in the country in this all season. Uh, that's not changed in the, the recent weeks, and I think that we can continue to do that. So there's no reason why this run game should not be an effective portion of the strategy, even if Mississippi State makes an effort to try to take that away. Uh, but, yeah, we just got to go out there and we got to beat Auburn this week. Uh -huh. Tatiana asks, who do you guys think our top three players will be of this game? It's a difficult no, no. question. Are we going to, I mean, three players, we get three on each side of the football? Like, yeah, which know. ones drive BMWs? Because not them. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, actually, I don't know if anybody on the team drives a BMW. Uh, uh, Jarquez Hunter. Wait, are we is this offensively or just? That's why I said, are we twin? Yeah, yeah. Are we gonna do three on each side? Or are we just saying Tatiana? Three? Is it three total or three for each side? Of the Jarquez, Jalen Simpson, Robbie Ashford. Probably means top three. Period. Yeah. Robbie Ashford, Jalen Simpson. So Simpson. I'm going to say that because he was used in this role in both the LSU and Ole Miss game uh, as a spy, Eugene Asante is going to factor in very heavily into this game with Mike Wright being the rushing threat. Um, I think that we're going to get a surprise big game from Jeremiah Cobb in this game. He hmm. seems to pop up as a portion of our strategy like every other game. And since he barely touched the ball in the last game, I actually don't know that he had a single carry in the last thing. I think Jeremiah Cobb is going to have a big game in this one. And I think my third player on this, I think we finally see a game where a wide receiver and or tight end, I'm going to say... Fairweather is going to have a big game in this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's hmm. what I'm going to go I'm going to go quiz. Quiz. Robbie. These are easy ones. And on defense, he says simp. Mm, that's what he, Mike said, yeah. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Keontae Scott. Mm. All right. All right. I like Keontae being in there. Mix it up. Yeah. So that's how we feel about that one. We got a fax and all by Lawrence. I think so. I think the answer to this is Fax yes, and all, Cobb gets at least four carries this yeah. weekend. Obviously, facts. if he's going to be an impact player for, for, for Ike there. Yeah, so, facts. I think he does. I think he does. Auburn, I think, is going to be committed to to uh, running the ball this game. And I think that creates some opportunities for him on the perimeter on the edge. Damian Prentice says, how do you guys feel about BMW as a sponsor? They got too much money to not sponsor us with a whole bunch of money. Um, uh, so, we'll um, Yeah, I will drive one if they'll sponsor it. <laughs> All right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yes, not prepared. These are amazing. Yeah, yeah, they're they're really good for a lease. So uh, I would lease to be. Uh, <laughs> you're on a Dave Chappelle skit where he's talking about the difference between Coke and Pepsi, and he's like, "Can he taste the difference?" All I know is Pepsi. <laughs> Maybe the most recently, so it tastes better. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Drives great. They never break down. <laughs> what are you talking about? Most reliable car on the road. <laughs> I don't even know why they have so charging. Yeah, service. right. You don't need to service that. All right. <laughs> yeah, don't even need a warranty. <laughs> Fantastic. Hilarious. <laughs> Auburn, Auburn wins if to play this game with you guys since I won't see you guys again. 
Auburn wins if look, man, Auburn Mike. Auburn wins if they if they create three turnovers, guaranteed win. Turn Mississippi State over three times, and this game is a wrap. One hundred percent. They're not built. They're definitely not built. We're, Auburn is not built to come from behind, but they're definitely not built to come from behind, and definitely not on the road. I don't think this is the game where they find their groove offensively. I mean, they're at home, right? You said Mississippi State's not built to come. From yeah, yeah, road. yeah. They're not yeah. just not right. So, like, I don't, I don't see it happening. This is not the game where they find their groove or you know get their groove back or you know, I don't know. Like, it's not happening. This is it, man. I'm telling you, this is as close to a guarantee Auburn victory as I will predict for the rest of the year versus a power five team. So I'm, okay. and this is why I say Auburn wins if they show up. Because I don't think that Mississippi. State yeah, agreed. Show up. Just don't play down to the competition, right? Yep. <laughs> right. You show up and play football like you're mm-hmm. supposed to. Yep. You win. Like that's the bottom. The bottom line of this is there's not a universe where Auburn plays like Auburn is supposed to, and Mississippi State wins mm-hmm. this game. Outside of some ridiculously fluky things happen, or referees all of a sudden forget that holding calls can be called against the opposing team's offensive line and face mask can be called against the other team's team. Oh, wait a minute. That just happened in the last game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But we still win despite that. Auburn wins if a running back rushes for over 100 yards in this game. Because I already know what Robbie's probably going to do. Yeah. Especially if he's part of the offense. But if you get a running back in addition to what Robbie will do in the running game to go over 100 yards... That means we're running the ball very well, and it opens up other things in the offense, I'm hoping. And I think Auburn's offense begins to show signs of life and have a good day on Saturday. Okay, I'm with it. So, I'm with it. Going with that. Any other closing? Any other thoughts, gentlemen? I don't know if you had anything else before we we were pretty much towards the end of the show. Any other closing? Yeah, thoughts? like, I'm just going to reiterate a point that I made on the morning drop, right? Like, this rest of the season, like you gotta, if you're Auburn, you have to look at it as if your season begins today. Forget what happened the first seven games. Your season begins today, at home, in your house against a against a team that you absolutely should beat. Forget about what happened yesterday. It doesn't even matter anymore. And if you're the coaching staff, your season begins today too. Now, I'm going to call them to the accountability table for a second, fellas. They have not done the best job they could have done setting these kids up for success. There's been a lot of talk about recruiting. Those kids can't help you this year. The point I made earlier was you owe it to your team now to give them the focus and attention that they deserve from you from the start. Now, Freeze has made some comments recently about recruiting on game days. Okay, cool, man. You know what's cool for recruiting? Winning. Or, at the very least, looking competent. Do that, too. Now, how does he do that? Well, this week gets paid $6 million to figure out. Whether that's taking back some of that delegation. Look, man, Caddy's pretty good at recruiting. People in our comments have been like, why not give Caddy more of those recruiting responsibilities on game day? And you'd be more involved in game planning and the calls that are being made. Because you owe it to these kids to put the best product you can on the field every single game. I don't give a damn about a talent gap. To hell with that talent gap. I asked him, I said, how do you balance the message of we don't have guys with instilling a belief in your guys that they can win every game? Because that can't be part of the pregame speech. They got better guys than us. (laughs) We got to recruit. What? You're not telling your team that. But they hear what you say in the media and what they hear their coach saying is we're not good enough. If you're listening to me, you are good enough. Lost to Georgia by seven points. Lost to Ole Miss by seven points. Should have beat Texas A&M. 
LSU was the only guaranteed like L I saw on the schedule so far. These games were winnable, man. And I can deal with them not winning it as long as both sides are giving their all coaches and players. But it starts with coaches. Coach them up, man. Inspire them. Motivate them to go out there and do their best. And I'm telling you, Auburn fans will stay behind that every single time. Our guys left it all on the field. I don't think that that's the position they've been putting consistently this year, but you can start on Saturday. Your season starts on Saturday. Beat Mississippi State. Beat Arkansas. Beat Vanderbilt. And you're already in a bowl game. Beat New Mexico State. Boy, the season starts to look a little different. And then sell out in the damn Iron Bowl, baby. It's the Iron Bowl. Anything can happen. But you can use the lead-up, the four-game lead-up to the Iron Bowl to instill a belief in your team that they can win. Win enough of those games in the lead-up, guys, and and they will go in and they will lay it all on the line for, for the A and the U on their chest every single time. I've seen it. Now, we all went to Auburn, so we know. We know what, what it feels like to be there and have that belief and that hope. It means something. Now, these coaches get hired, and it may or may not mean something to them. We know the paycheck means something to them. But if you're buying into Auburn, you, you buy into your team, buy into your kids. On paper, we may not be as talented as these as these guys, but I bet you they won't out-hustle us. I bet you they won't have more try than us. They will not out-effort us on Saturday. Nobody will out-effort us. And whether that results in a win or a loss is irrelevant. If you did your best and you left it all on the field, I can stand up and applaud for that. What I cannot applaud is these guys not getting the focus they deserve and then being thrown under the bus for the losses. I can't stand up for that. But we will continuously stand up for Auburn no matter what. No matter who the coach is. So when you walk away, sir, with your big old bag, what are you going to be able to say about your time here? Did I put these kids in the best position? Did I give them my all? Because I'm not sure how you can ask that of them if they're not getting that from you. I love the energy around recruiting, but maybe recruit your team now. Get in their heads, man, and cause a positive change. That's all I'm saying. It's the second time I had to give a speech this week. <laughs> 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 so anyway, yeah, that's it. The end. Appreciate All that. Right. Appreciate that. Good show, gentlemen. Of course, we'll be with you guys on game day, covering pregame, halftime, and postgame. So you definitely want to check us out there. Until then, guys, enjoy the rest of your evening. And as always, worry, worry.